It was always very awkward to me how superficial the industry could be. And that as much as people love you, they didn't love me before that when I was coming up in St. Louis. And then I got to Paris and it took someone else, Carl Lagerfeld in this case, to say, she's the face of the 21st century. But no one wanted to hear that before. The very reason that I went to Paris was because I couldn't make it with this kind of face in the U.S. Who makes it in the U.S.? Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, Nikki Taylor. That's who makes it in the U.S. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have that beauty mark, even though I do have a little one, but not like that. I wasn't, so I had to go to Europe. All of this is to say, it was a very superficial industry that sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're not. And I just thought, if something happens to me, like, God forbid, you know, I'm in a car accident or something, who will want to talk to me and who no longer will? Because a lot of gigs and things will go away. They won't call me anymore. Not because it's anything personal, just because we can't hire you to walk the runway if you can't walk it. And that was always like a very scary concept to me, to be judged by something so superficial that your input is determined or bound by like what you look like. And so I think I always had a very analytic, business-minded approach as to like, what's the next thing? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Fashion Moment podcast. Whether you're a fashion lover or just fashion curious, welcome. I literally love bringing you one-on-one interviews week after week with your fashion favorites. I get inspired every time, and I hope you do too. This podcast is not sponsored, and all of us here are freely giving our time because we all believe in this and we love it. I would love to continue this great work and bring you even more content, exclusive features, and live events in the years ahead. If you love the podcast or just want to support, buy me a coffee. Yes, a coffee. You can visit buymeacoffee.com slash a fashion moment to become a fashion friend for one coffee a month, $5, or click the support tab to grab any amount you'd like. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash a fashion moment. Thank you for supporting us. Now on to the show. Kamora Lee Simmons is a model, a mogul, but most of all, she's a mom. In 1999, Kamora launched Baby Fat, one of the first explosive streetwear brands that specifically catered to women, and even more so, women of color, by creating denim styles and looks that complemented women with curves. She used her fashion experience as a model and her business acumen to build one of the most successful fashion brands of our time. Baby Fat, along with its iconic symbol, the curvy Siamese cat that we all know and love, became a fashion sensation, gracing magazines, runways, and celebrities across the globe. In the early 2000s, Kimura launched a docu-series called Life in the Fab Lane, where she gave us an inside look into her life as a working mom and the inner workings of her fashion empire. Her hit book, Fabulosity, in 2006, captured the hearts and empowered countless women to pursue self-love, confidence, and success. Kimura would go on to build her luxury brand, KLS, and become the creative director of Just Fab, 
Her list of accolades and accomplishments honestly is endless. Now with her brilliant daughters by her side, Aoki and Ming, Kimura launched Baby Fat Beauty. And this very week, yes, actually today, she has revived and expanded her clothing brand, Baby Fat, by Kimora Lee Simmons. Kimora is a fashion icon and someone that I've looked up to both personally and professionally for my entire life. It was such an honor to chat with her all about her illustrious career, the revival of Baby Fat by Kimora Lee Simmons, and her dedication to empowering women. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Kimora, and welcome to a fashion moment. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you? I know the pandemic has been crazy. I'm good. Stressed, running around with the kids. Here we are today. Here we are. Your Instagram. I love. I love all the stories you add with the kids. Kinto is getting. I have so to do big. more. Right? <laughs> I have to do more, and I have to like. I need somebody to help me on the social on the social part of my platform because I have to get into more like TikToks and you got to be TikTok and uh oh you have to do some video like the format now is that chat is that few seconds of video it doesn't matter what you're saying it could be educational it could be investments but the way that things are digested now is in that digital format that's why they said yes. quote unquote allegedly someone said <laughs> I know. Instagram is not a photo sharing platform anymore. They're like, no, we're video. I'm like, okay. So it doesn't matter what they really said and what it really, what it really is, is they're going to start suppress your content that doesn't fit. Yes. What it, right. So technically, yeah, they are what they said. Constantly moving. I'm like, ah, but let's get, let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Like, we have so much going on and I'm so excited about it, but let's start from the beginning. So you went from the runway, Chanel, Chaneling it up. <laughs> To becoming a mogul of your own brand. Yes. Now, what inspired you to start Baby Fat? I go through this all the time right now with Ioki. I So I was modeling very young. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I started modeling locally, probably like 10, 11 years old. And local in St. Louis, Missouri is like Purina Dog Chow or, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know Adventure or something. The mall, I don't know, local stuff. Love the mall. So I started yeah. modeling. Um, that led me to be discovered in Kansas City, Missouri, by an agent who took me who took me to Paris. And the whole way that I got into modeling, even modeling, was just to be a little bit more. Was really an insecurity thing. Wow. My mom wanted me to have more secure, have more, be more secure, and be more self confident, and be able to like stand up straight and not slump over. I was so tall, super awkward. And the giraffe, the giraffe. I remember that now. story. Hensel's foot is almost 15 and he's literally, it's like this and he's 12. So the same as Aoki is legs for days. So I got into it and it was something that paid my way and paid my bills, paid my family. I mean, I was able to do a lot of things like have a tutor while I'm at work and be able to travel and all these things. But it was always very awkward to me that how superficial the industry could be. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that pe- as much as people love you, they didn't love me before that when I was coming up in St. Louis. And then I got to Paris and it took someone else, Carl Lagerfeld in this case, to say, she's the face of the 21st century. But no wow. one wanted to hear that before. The very reason be- that I went to Paris was because I couldn't make it with this kind of face in the U.S. Who makes it in the U.S.? 
Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, Nikki Taylor. That's who makes it yeah. in the U.S. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have that beauty mark, even though I do have a little one, but not like that. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, so I had to go to Europe. All of this is to say it was a very superficial industry that sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're not. And I just thought yeah. if something happens to me, like God forbid, you know, I'm in a car accident or something, who will want to talk to me and who no longer will? Because a lot of gigs and things will go away. They won't call me anymore. Not because it's anything personal, just because we can't hire you to walk the runway if you can't walk it or whatever. the. And that was always like a very scary concept to me, to be judged by something so superficial that your input is determined or bound by like what you look like. You know, whatever that may be, how pretty you are, how skinny you are, how thick, how thick you are, how, how brown you are, how white you are, your hair. I don't know. That's weird to me. Some of those things we can yeah. use like hair, but some of those things we can't. And so that was just weird. And so I think I always had a very um, analytic business-minded approach as to like, what's the next thing, how to get out of here. What can I do? And I know that a lot of people are like, how to get out of here. It was very glamorous. You were in Paris. Black people, black people be thinking this way. I'm just saying. And so I just thought, you know, what's my next thing? And so fashion was always something that I clearly I had grown up in and I had seen both sides of it. And I always, like I said, had a very analytic uh, brain as well as a creative side. And so many years later, um, it kind of was that thing where they say the preparation meets the opportunity. And I had a, a chance to launch the women's counterpart to, at the time, was also new company, Fat Farm. And everything that they were trying to make, which would have been baby fat, everything that they were suggesting we do was like, you know, you remember back like when, I don't know, it looked like, uh, it looked like, I don't know. You remember when like TLC used to wear like super big jeans and like the yeah. super big baseball jersey and everything was like wearing my boyfriend's clothes. And um, you remember fast forward, it kind of went a little bit more. Now this was my generation. This was what we made, but it became more like Aaliyah wearing her sexy yeah. baggy jeans, but with a proper top and her body was banging. It wasn't like it yeah. was her boyfriend's clothes, even though it was a bandana or maybe a baggy jean. I took that kind of concept and really wanted to make the women's counterpart to the men, as opposed to like yeah. my man's thing or being a part of that. I wanted to kind of stand on my own, if you would, next to yeah. me. And so Fat Farm and Baby Fat um, were always like counterparts for one another. I don't know, siblings or husband and wife. I'm not <laughs> sure what they were. They were like a counterpart. Yeah. But she very much, and that's how she was born. And she very much stood on her own, on her own two yeah. feet. And it's, you know, I, some of your other topics, I'm sure are going to touch on this, but it really became what it is today. And that was my foray wow. into business. And since then I have added much, you know, I've had several fashion brands. I've, I've added many businesses, many types of businesses, investments. So life is just about an evolution, I think, of things. Yeah. So I've ended up right here in the midst of everything else. Like you said, a working mom, um, you know, a, here, here I, here I stand and reinventing or redoing or come yes. circle in the block again. And here we are again. Yes. And the timing is right again. And it's just kind of phenomenal. All of this, you know, stuff happening at once. So we went from the birth to like the rebirth. I love it. And, you know, hip hop, 
you know, streetwear, it was very male centered, even what they wanted to see on women. Was that a challenge for you to sort of say, Hey guys, no, it should look this way. Or was Russell like, let her do her thing. She knows what she's talking about. It was definitely very much let her do her thing. She knows what she's talking about. Cause I was the only one that came to the table with any real fashion sense, having worked with every major designer in the world. And you have to realize that at that time, 20 something years ago, a lot when 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 someone says every major designer in the world, those people were really living then. Gianfranco Ferre, Christian Dior, John Louis Scherrer, Karl Lagerfeld. You know, these people were really living. Yves Saint Laurent. So I was, I brought um, a breadth of knowledge and experience and firsthand experience to what I was doing. And to this day, it's the same. I can, I can feel it in my chest. I'm very much amped up. I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. Um, I can try to figure it out, but I know what I know. And for me at that time, it, t- it, it took on a, a, a life of its own, if you would. But it was such an empowering time for me and my life and my family. And it was kind of the birth of so much that if I look back, I really feel almost like it was almost, I say this quite humbly, but like a really like a woman's empowerment movement for me and my time and what that represented and the artists and the women and the talent and my crew, like, you know, I tell my kids right now when they're listening to all the good songs and they're 26. Yes. <laughs> and I always say, not only was that from my era, that's my friend in the song. And we were running around road dogs and that's how you got the song. Now I know that I love that's going to sound like we're talking about the Beatles and running around with like Ringo Starr. I mean... somebody. He's not the Beatles, is he? But like running around with John Lennon, it's going to sound like that. But for right now, it's very relevant to show you again, fashion comes around, music comes around, not even comes around, but re you know, cycles the bin, so to speak. And, um, and, th- and that's really where I am now is kind of exactly where I started then, but I knew very much what I wanted to represent and what I represent and like how they say now stand in your truth. And I did that, even though it was, uh, it was odd and it was weird and they, women yeah. can't do that. And black women can't do that. And Asians don't do that. Mixed people don't do that. Tall people don't do that. <laughs> Why are you even here? I mean, it was the worst. It was the worst. I got it all. And so I just learned to kind of deal with everybody else's insecurities and not to let, Mm. you know, not to take it on for yourself, but almost to adopt it as a deflector, like for your business. Everything you do represent is really what people say you can't. They say you never I love that. Really, what you you represent. That's why they were so scared. They're saying you can't. It was weird. Oh, they were scared. They were scared in the industry. We'll get to that because I, I feel like life in the bad lane really captured that. And no, I mean, that was the first time the world had ever seen that. And also just having a fashion background and sort of knowing how buyers work, how, how sales rooms work, how PR people work. You were like, no, no, no. Like, no, we're not doing that. No, that shirt is not my girl. And I was like, oh my God, like she is telling these people, like, I loved it. It was brilliant. But, but getting back to the baby fat, who would you say is the baby fat customer? Like who is that person? I would say the baby fat customer. I mean, there's obviously a demographic or an age group, if you would, who is the baby fat girl. And I was saying more than just a number or an age, there's all these things you can fit into. It's more of a spirit. 
And I think that even, and I said some of the things that she's self-confident and she's empowered and she's strong-willed and strong-minded. And the very important thing here is even if we don't always feel those things, we know that we should be and we want to be. So it's almost like uh, an armor, a powerful kind of tool, if you would, right? Which is what fashion is and beauty is. And when I put on my wig and change my colors and do all that, that's what I'm doing, right? It's my armor. It's my it's my cape, it's my whatever to the world. Yeah. So even though we may not always feel those things, we want to. Yeah. So I think she is striving for that, even though we may not always have that, you know, in our hand at that time, but underneath it all deep inside, that's the type of woman that she is. And it's the type of woman we know we should be and what we strive to be and what we want for our, our, our aunts and our children, our girls, our young women, especially. So I, I think she represents very much um, a modern our modern day woman who can achieve anything. I feel like I tap into my fabulosity, like yes. whether it's a sports, a sportswear look or whether it's an elevated KLS look, I feel like I'm going out there and I'm going to dominate. That's how I, yes. that's how you feel. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of that, um, you, first of all, I love me some fabulosity in 2006. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. So I must have read that book like a good four or five times, literally to remind myself. I know it's so embarrassing. Some of the things that I probably wouldn't do now. Okay, good. I tell the girls to fight because you know I'd be wanting to fight. Oh, listen, one thing that you did. (laughs) No, one thing that I always held on to, which I which I thought was interesting, you said always look your best when you're in the middle of scandal. So like I remember I was, you know, like doing this whole like business fraternity thing, something went went down. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put a red lip on. Kamora said I should look my best. So that's what I'm gonna do. And the next day they were like, oh, you just knew you were gonna cross, didn't you, with that red lip on? And I was like, ah, it worked. <laughs> So I never forgot that rule. I'm like, whenever things are going down, make sure the hair is laid, make sure the face is laid. That's right. Let them know. So what is, like, are we going to get a fabulosity part two? Like my listeners know I'm single. I've been slowly thinking of it and working on it, but I just think it's coming together and putting, you know, with the right project and with the right people. But I would say definitely, Yes. Because yeah. people are really holding to that. So I'm going to have to go in there and re-edit it. I'm going to have to update it for the modern day woman. And I'm going to have to do all these things. So <laughs> I can't just leave it at that. I have to bring it current. I have to put some bits and pieces in there from Ming and Aoki now who are yeah. young women. I mean, this is what we, I think, live for. This is what we are here for. The I people, love it. We raised Ming and Aoki too with you. Oh, <laughs> just so beautiful. Like Thank we you. Just, Love the show, loved watching them grow up and seeing all the amazing things they're doing now. What? Harvard, what? Okay, okay. I was like, Ming is at NYU. So yeah, they're doing it. They don't love it now. I mean, with the (laughs) pandemic and everything and wearing the mask and half the stuff is still online. It's odd and not being able to gather. It's weird, but they're making it. They're definitely doing it and doing a great job at it, but it's not an easy time for anybody, I guess. It's, it's tough. I can only imagine like for their age group, like what, what that's like. So hopefully then a year or so hoping fingers crossed. 
Hey guys, it's Justin, jersey number 14. And I'm Corey, jersey number 72. You like talking about sports teams gear? We do! We, do. <laughs> we did that, we synced it. We didn't even plan to. Damn right. That's all right. Uh, we're gonna. We're the gear freaks, man. We are. I can't wait. We're going to be talking about gear from all four of the major sports, what we like, what we don't like, even more importantly. Can't wait to get going, man. We're going to talk about trash uniforms. Junk. We are going to talk about great uniforms. Throwbacks. High school. <laughs> That's all real. Nothing is off limits. So, I mean, if you want, if you want, if you've got gear that you want us to talk about, hit us up, gearfreaks99 at gmail, or follow us on the Twitter or Instagram, uh, gear underscore freaks. Boom. We'll see you soon. Going back to life in the fab lane, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, honestly, it's one of the top docu-series, like fashion docu-series of all time. I would say it's that, and uh, you know, definitely number one. Um, and then I would say Diddy's "If I Were King" is probably I that don't even know that series. one on MTV. Oh, what? Mr. Combs was was going off. He was like, "Don't like I need to see is that black the one he made the kids run over the Brooklyn Bridge to get some cheese." No, cake? no, this is the one where he was working with uh, Dow and and some other folks. You know, the guys who do public school, and he was creating a collection to really showcase black beauty and and talent. And it was called "If I Were King," and so. His folks are bringing in like white models. He was like, didn't I ask for black models? Like, uh, it was like a whole thing. He was considering like women's wear and he, yeah, it was just yeah. so raw. And uh, he was in there with Jeff Tweedy, like talking, you know, business, like, are right, we yeah. going to move forward this way? I don't want models looking like, you know, they just got the shackles taken off of them and sent down the runway. It was just real raw commentary. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like, your docu-series is right there. And really, and I, I don't think there's ever been anything since that really shows the process of creating a collection, of managing a diverse well, team of people. And that's another know? thing I want to work on now for the current um, time and viewers. And I want to put together a project that encapsulates exactly that, what you were just saying, that there's never really been something since that shows all of those elements. And maybe I could put a little twist to that now. And certainly there may be other projects out there that are similar, but definitely not geared towards any kind of people of color or women or any yeah. no disenfranchised person for sure. So um, I think I would probably do that again, but, but I think the idea of it, it's important that you say docu-series because the idea of that really was, that was the intention to show kind of how to create and drive and generate business um, and from the behind the scenes out. And it was a real a, a inside look. Like before that, reality TV was like the Osbournes where you had cameras all over your house and they're kind of fixed in the corner and they don't move. It was a different thing. And you see train wreck on camera because someone ran into the living room high on drugs. It just, it is what it was. Whatever was actually drunk that night, whatever it was, is what it was. This was something different. It was like cameras on the go, not mounted in my corner of my room, looking at God only knows what. This was like cameras on the go. When we're on the go, we're in meetings, we're in and out. We have real life stuff with our kids. So it's also the family and the life and I want of business. And I wanted people to understand how to kind of grow a business, sustain a business, create it, 
from the ideas to the finished product. And I think that it also showed um, a, a working mom, again, a woman, a woman of color, at times a single mom. I probably went through all that on TV. I created brands, beauty brands. Like when people say like the first, now we have like the first co- co- color cosmetics. I'm thinking, well, we did that 20 years ago. Or the first launch in Sephora or the first, I don't know, that you hear all these things now that people are doing. And I'm like, no, we had that. We had little bronzers and little stuff. And you know, but it's very important to keep showing it because it's not enough. That's the point. And so I wanted to show that as a business, how you can be um, entertained and loving and be a a busy working mom and the audience can get their kicks, but not something negative or salacious or not showing um, I can be a bigger train wreck than you, or you can be a bigger train wreck than me. And that's why we're popular. No. How can we be, and I was determined to show the world that you can be popular without being necessarily naked or without, I, I don't have to like encourage my kids to do weird stuff or anything that all this TV has turned into now. We really, really, really were at a different time. And I think it's important to say that. And it's important to say that what we built can be, can you can use that and spin off something else. Cause it's still, you know, people still have the same conversation that we're having. So I think that's great. I always think it's important to keep a little bit to the higher note. I want to show people that you can be cool. You can be whatever hip. You can be from the streets. You can be whatever you want and still make it a good look. It doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation, whatever we're trying to do. We can be upwardly mobile. We can be um, inspirational. We can, whether it doesn't matter whether that's married or divorced, whether that's with kids or not with kids, whether that's, oh, you're so beautiful today or no, you're not. And you gained some pounds. Yeah, I did it. Whatever that is, it's making the best of it and always going to work, always working on yourself, always trying to build or grow yourself, your unit, your family. I think we showed a lot of that. And we had a lot of firsts along the way, like the first fashion show to show in Times Square Live, Jumbotron, the first. Um, brand the first uh, fashion show in Radio City Music Hall. Wow! And we sold out Radio City Music Hall. That's uh, you didn't sell them. You don't sell tickets, but we booked out the seats of Radio City Music Hall, the first one. So it was so many things. You know, I you remember back when we had like a passing it like we were working together, girl. Remember when we met? Well, I mean, I probably do know. Yeah, the pink (laughs) phone. Remember, I had a pink diamond phone. Yes. Oh my god. journey and it's gotten me to where I am. And I'm just so proud of her baby fat and what she was able to represent and what it was able to spin off and, and, and build as a business on TV and through this docu-series and just what that was able to mean for so many other people who are, who came after that and, and what we were able to look up and say, yeah, we did that. Or like, here we go. And I think that's, was amazing. That's what I set out to to do. I loved every minute. And I know that so many other people did as well and do because you can still stream life in the fab lane. I will put the link in, in the comments and, and yes. in the uh, show notes, because I, I, you know, I'll yes. tune in just to get a refresh, but yes. I, I, I definitely, one of the things I love countries and yeah, it's major and it's, it's so great and it's still relevant today. So I think it's definitely a must watch. Um, and one thing I love about the show is 
your relationship with your team and you have built the careers of so many people. I mean, Jerome, hello, Sandra, like James. James knows when to brown nose and when not James to. just passed away. <laughs> what? I heard that James passed oh away like recently. Rest in peace, James. Rest oh my in God. peace. Oh, oh my like, I think a couple months ago. How crazy is that? And I, I, haven't, I wasn't as in touch lately over the years. Yeah. But yeah, I, I heard that. Oh my God. Rest in peace, James. But you, you just... You have the yeah. best relationship with best your team. team. <laughs> and so how like... What is your your advice or or the keys to success of building a team to help bring your vision to life? I think it's exactly the word that you use is build. You want to help uh, individuals. You want to put together a team that's comprised of very strong people, but also very much team players. You want people's individual, you know, uh, dreams and aspirations to be able to be met and fulfilled all the while contributing to the greater good of whatever project or, you know, whatever we're doing. So I think you want to create leaders, cultivate leaders, um, kind of work to remove fear and remove like stifling situations and understand that we're all going to make a mistake. Like I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. I always say like, I would never ask someone to do something for me that I can't do for myself in terms of whatever little jobs or cleaning up or making this or that. Usually I can do it myself. So it's important to learn, uh, create uh, leaders and grow people up that can learn every aspect of what it is that they need to know for themselves or what they need to learn, what they need to do. And, I don't know. I've always just been blessed with having like a very, very supportive group of young people. And we kind of come up together and we grow together. And we, you know, like you said, I've created so many, um, built so many careers. And still to this day, I talk to a lot of them, Jerome. And yes, amazing. Um, you know, what's what, what I love um, is just seeing you build these brands over time. And I can only imagine some of the experiences that you've had. But collectively, is there a challenge that you have faced in building the brands and sort of like, what was your course of action to sort of overcome that challenge? Is there something that continues to come up as you're building? I think it's always just fighting for your, um, your placement, your footing, your rightful Mm. place, your rightful place, so to speak, always fighting for, um, your opportunities or to be taken seriously as a businesswoman or, um, as an entrepreneur or as a brand builder or as a being taken seriously as a fashion designer or a creator, as a woman, as a woman of color, as a still, come on, still. Well, you said one of the greatest challenges, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think yeah. still, yeah, I think still wow. to this day, always, always, always. And that goes back to putting together a great team that you can move yeah. forward with. And a lot of times I talk to, I mentor young people, I help incubate brands, I invest in seed rounds. So those are companies that aren't even up and going. And yeah, I hear the same challenges and I see the same things. Nothing has changed. Nothing oh has changed with the challenges and how, you know, it's just like anything else we talk about kind of socially today that we say, yeah. oh, thank God the needle is moving and it's gotten loud and now we're having the conversation. But why does it have to be just today? We've been right. struggling for a long 
Fashion is the same way. Business is the same way. Being taken seriously. Brand building is the same way. Reinventing yourself, same way. Keeping yourself out of trouble, same way. Not getting canceled, same thing. Put some respect on Kamora's name, y'all. Exactly. Put some respect on it. It's, Thank I mean, you. It's overdue. So speaking of that, I mean, there. put some respect on it, please. So I just have to say, you know, there's been this revival, it seems, just this revival of like 90s, early 2000s, you know, Juicy Couture, all these brands are popping back up. Um, so baby fat, like, are, like, what is the vision behind the relaunch? Like, what are we going to see? Well, it's great. Okay, so we've been relaunching. It's been a little while because we did that and ran into a pandemic. So yeah, it's been actually crazy. a little bit of time. Um, and we've maintained throughout the pandemic. Um, I'm launching, uh, actually, well, I don't know if launching is the right word, but yeah, I'm la- I launched a line right now, Baby Fat, into Macy's. So it's in there now. And everything will be fully in by holiday. Yeah, December 1st. So you know what's crazy? You have to, like, first of all, I need that heritage hoodie in my life. I'm like, when is that going to be? I know, right I'm going to so- put that back. <laughs> I have to relaunch Woo! my site. I need help with yes. my social media. Now, those things are true. See, I'm excited. Coming with the new, I know. I'm excited. And I'm going to get all those pieces back. So I have to focus on the D2C, but I do have some retail and some verticals. So Macy's is one. That's a clean launch. And it looks, I can honestly say every piece I've done, worn, touched, is amazing. The denim, the jogging suits or the jumpsuit, the velour, everything. Um, I also have a drop, a, a collaboration coming with Lady Foot Locker. So that'll be in spring. Amazing. So I think it's going to be the idea behind the relaunch is that people really love everything. First of all, like I said, we've already done most things. Like if one more little young budding brand tries to take my little pink Pantone, huh. our little baby fat pink, y'all know we've been pink. Now I come out and someone says, oh, what color do you want? You know, the backdrop to be pink. And they'll say, oh, you can't do pink because whatever, whoever already did it. Doesn't she know no. that's not pink? <laughs> Let no. me get hello the C12. Let me give her know, all the phone. Right? <laughs> Usually they're my friends they're talking about, but you know what I mean? So uh, it is really a revival. And what goes around comes around that works for fashion, business, karma. Don't forget that. And like you said, the juicies and even the Tommy Hill figures. So the retro brand is a thing right now. And I won't even just leave it at that because that means when it passes and it's gone. But right. also I would say we are dealing with, uh, so we have that aspect of retro. We have the aspect, uh, which is also like Y2K. Yeah. That's a big movement right now. I don't think that's going anywhere for a while. I mean, in terms of toys, dolls, clothes, fashion, the fit, the actual fit of the clothes, like how the sneakers fit, how the jewelry looks, how the bandana is color blocked, like how it, Actually, those, the lines and everything. So that's coming back. Also, I think it's important to say that we are a legacy brand. So you grew up with me and and my two kids, even when I had no kids, when I had no kids and I was naked in Times Square. Mm -hmm. But all the way to my kids being born, then growing up through the business with the docuseries, with the business, you know, we were, I was one of the first people to have my kids on the runway with me. That's I'm true. one of the first people to even be able to be, certainly for a woman, to be able to be on the runway when you just had a kid. No one's yeah. doing that. Now, we, I say women because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jen Franco, Ferrey, Christian Dior could have been 200 pounds. I mean, you know, somebody yeah. else. Women like us, we didn't, we had to look a certain way, getting back to work and do it all in front of the world. 
Yeah. I went to work with my kids. My kids have now grown up. So you have that. And now they are going to work on the brand. So it's, you're dealing with a legacy brand. And I think that's very appealing um, because it's something that we know mixed in with a little something new and exciting. Um, and so I just think as a business, it's, it's something that I never let go. And it was always very close to my heart, my brand. And as you know, you remember, we sold it to Kelwood and then I yeah, stayed yeah. the course correct, even just keep them to the course. And then that didn't work. And then I broke away. I remember I went my separate way and then I reacquired it back some few years ago. So it's been just a journey, but I, I think it's never really gone away. It's never never gone away. That woman has never gone away. Someone to speak for empowering, speak to empowering that woman that has not gone away. You're not going to necessarily find that from all a current, a lot of current designers. And I see them say all the time. And I say this to people all the time, when you're interviewing people or talking to people, go read their history. A lot of times I'm so shocked in this cancel culture. You really let people get away with lying about something that was from the past when it's written right there. So when I say I go to work for people of color, well, not just people, women, let's start there. Women. Yeah. And then women of color. And that could be black, Asian, any color. And then women of all shapes and sizes. When I say it, I mean, you could look on my runway from the beginning of time. There was no such thing as, oh, they were all a size zero. And no. They no, they didn't. When you look at charity, philanthropy, scholarship funds, I've been working with all of all the fashion institutions, all the greater learning institutions, higher learning institutions. Where have people been putting their money? What have they been saying? So these things never go away. I am speaking to the fact that other designers cannot, certainly not men, in my humble opinion, because I'm a woman, so I'm never going to have that point of view, right? But I don't think a man can speak to empowering a, a woman the same way as a woman can. Now that's, that's not right. to say that I have to be a woman to design for women. No, I have to be, be a man to design for a man. Absolutely not. But I, what I bring is a certain sensibility that is authentic. That's what I'm saying. You have to maintain your authenticity at all times. And sometimes some of the other designers that we could be talking about are just can't do that. And I'm talking main, mainstream, big, normal, normal designers. They say all these things, but that hasn't always been their mantra or their strategy. They don't speak to these communities or anyone that's disenfranchised or women, any sizes, shapes, color. They don't do it. But because it's cool now, they do it. So just take a look at it. So when you when we talk about like this woman that's reinvented, we know who we are because we've been right here and I really should have never gone away. But she is ever... And now she looks like me, like we're, we're a little bit grown, more grown up. We're not babies anymore. You know, she looks like, like young, hot, beautiful, but not 18, not 20 with no job. No, we're not that. We have job. <laughs> right. We're graceful under pressure. These are the same things that um, are true for building a brand. They're true for baby fat, the brand. They're true for Kimora, the woman, the mother. They're true for all the other mothers that stand next to me all the independent women that nobody wanted to hear. I just got done saying that today. When I go in to make deals, typically it's going to be a bunch of men around me. I said that because no one wants to hear me really talking. They do. Yeah. They think I'm beautiful. They pay mm -hmm. a lot of money to get me to stand there and to do business, but they don't necessarily want to hear all that you have to say because you don't look like a man. Yeah. It's the same thing with business, fashion, style, young women, our children, single moms. We have to keep it going because no one's ever going to give that to you. If we don't give it to one another and most importantly, give it to ourselves, no one's going to do that for you. 
So anytime you are reinventing yourself, reinventing the wheel, the brand, helping yourself along, your children, every day is a new day, a new chance. The work, I don't really notice it in this many years. The work doesn't really change. It's kind of reincarnated. It ebbs and it flows, but it doesn't really change. That messaging, which is one of empowerment, self-confidence, building for ourselves, amongst ourselves, with ourselves. I don't know. I think that's, it's probably like a lot like a feminist or something I sound like, right? I'm not sure. I don't know what that is. I probably sound very aggressive leaning towards like women and moms, but I don't give a damn because nobody has shit. No one has given me shit. And I would like to say that no one has given me nothing. I've been married three times. I have contributed to a degree in my relationships Lord only knows they didn't been turned upside down. Not by my fault. Always oh, by right some now. Okay. I've had to pick myself up. So has everybody around me. I'm doing it with my fellow sisters. I'm doing yeah. it. So I know. But no one has given me. And people always say, oh, you had. Oh, you no. did this. Oh, someone, so-and-so did for you. I could have really been sipping a champagne all by myself yeah. at home doing whatever That's all right. day. I have five kids. One is Ooh. adopted. Not that it matters. I'm just saying one. I got him from another family, my mm-hmm. baby Gary. So I've I've had kids. I've, I'm raising kids. They're, the oldest is 21. The next one is 19. Wow. I'm raising young professional people, people who are making a difference and giving back. I don't think the journey or the work ever really changes. And I think that's just the ever recurring theme of my life, which is baby fat, which is this incarnation of ourselves, which yes. is that we go through relationships and we still come out. It's like fabulosity. And now we didn't have kids before, but now we do. We still look good. Even if we don't look the best, we still going to get it together. Literally, it's always constantly changing, constantly changing. And I know even if you said you have two kids, yeah, you said you have two kids and they're on the spectrum. And I work with and I have a lot of friends and family who have kids that are on the spectrum. That's a whole nother discussion, though, about why we have so many kids that are on the spectrum more now than before as we go through time. That's a whole nother discussion that I have with people and I advocate all the time. But in in being a single mom of two children, period, but I know for a fact on the spectrum, because I have a lot of friends, you know that every moment is a new moment. How, How one responded or reacted in this moment is not necessarily this moment. So the work, although it may evolve, it doesn't really change to get which is that to keep it going and to get one step, one foot in front of the other and celebrate all of our triumphs and all of our tears. It's really nothing new. And it's, it's, it's been the basis of my life. It's been the basis of my rebuilding. It's been the basis of my brand. I've had lots of brands in between KLS, Fabulosity, Couture with a K, Couture by yes. <laughs> never changes from one child to five child, from biological children to adopted children. That's what I was trying to say. The work never changes. It just keeps on going, keeps on going. And I know you know that as a mom. I know we know that as single in the world. I don't even, I don't think, no, I'm single. But, it's all bad. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, and, and I really don't even put my business out there other no. than to say the work that I do as a mom, I said it. I said a single mom. I might slip up and say single mom if I'm married. <laughs> I might do a lot of things. Right? Because you do, we do so much. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. And so it's all in that challenge, in that spirit, we recreate ourselves. Really, if you look to someone like iconic, like Madonna, she oh. recreates herself. She's always the great Madonna, but she recreates, she keeps it current. She's 
updating with the times. And that's what I feel like I'm doing for myself. We're I'm young, but that's also right. for my brand, also for my children. I pick, I pick myself up for my bootstraps every day. And I hustle and I work, I do the work, I grow, I build. And that's what I put into my brand. And that's what, like you said, I build so many people's careers around me because they say the same thing. I talk to them. And even women who have no career, they're at home with their kids. I talk to them and we all have the same challenges. We're all trying to make ourselves better. We're all trying to stand as much as we can on our own two feet. It's not always easy and give something to our next generation, our kids, our cousins, our nieces and nephews. How can we be there for them? And it's tough. No one gives us shit. No one puts nothing, gives us nothing, nothing. Even like the crazy things you may hear about whatever social movements we engage in now. Um, it's always something to say on both sides of the fence. The bottom line is no one's giving you nothing. And the proper way is no one's giving us anything. Uh, no one's giving us <laughs> nothing. And totally fine how we show. put it together is, I think, what makes us dynamic. It makes us dynamic as mothers, as, as, as women, as women of color. I mean, you name it, as, as, as business owners, small business owners. Believe it or not, I consider myself a small business owner. We're not making all that right now. <laughs> We're dealing more on legacy and growth yeah. and relaunch. Yeah. Those challenges too. Yeah. I see a lot of things and I've been through a lot and I, I apply those things. And that's why I say I mentor people because the new team or the new line, the front line, or the, I, I, I don't exactly say new generation because it didn't turn over yet because Ming and Ioki and them didn't have any kids yet. But basically the new generation is the same work every day. And I think, and we do it with such grace and such beauty and such charm. I mean, there's nothing, there's no one like us. And so therefore there, there's no one like the kids that we will create and the businesses and the opportunities and the jobs. And we will leave a legacy for ourselves. period, point blank. And that's the point of fabulosity and baby fat and this journey of women. And when I talk, they do the same thing you say. They say, yes, girl, they know. I'm like tearing up over here. I'm like, "Ah." they're right there with us on the journey. So we are here, proof in the pudding, still standing that what I'm saying is correct. It just keeps on building, keeps, you know, we're unstoppable. And that's as business, as moms, we're building communities. We're building little people. we're, We're building entities. And we look like we look, I mean. Come I mean, on. I mean, look well, at that's where baby fat helps too. I mean, I'm like, you know, I can use you a know. little under the eye, but you know, it's, it's all good. But, but this is, this is the voice we love. I am so glad we, this is what we want. We want to hear more from you. Kimora. <laughs> and I'm so excited about this collection. Do you have a favorite like piece in this collection where you're just like, yes, yes, yes. I really love the whole collection. It's really, I, it's amazing. I'm going to shoot it. We're going to do our little TikToks in it. I already got Ming and Aoki. When you come home on a break, I need to do these mother-daughter TikToks and you know how they recreate the look on the daughter. So I love my, um, my velour and the Terry jumpers, the velour, velour now for holiday. And I love the denim, which is coming back. The denim, the five pocket jean, the tight jeans, the zip buttons. It's all coming back. And it has, um, when I say coming back, I mean, relaunching the denim program now. So you should be sure to say that because no one knows that the denim is here and I'm excited about all the classics. So the classic 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 is the five pocket, which is the two in the back, the whole coin and the two in the front or two, three, four. Um, 
And I like all the zipper jeans, all the jeans are so hot. They're high waisted, they're flared again. There's boot cut. They're all kinds of fits. And I love them. I love our denim was always something that was so stretchy, uh, very accommodating to a lot of shapes and sizes. It doesn't rip. You put on jeans now. You. It's true. It It rips. Fabric. There's a hole in it. They play with y'all. They really are. I'm excited about those jeans because those were epic. I remember you when they came to, out. So Brandon, and I'll have to get you some. Send oh my God. To you. you have to tell him your address and everything, and I'll send you some. I'm dying. Thank you, Kamora. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm dead. Just pick up my ashes, y'all. Like, it was a great show. I've achieved my life. But, you know, getting to um, God, you know, you've, you've, lived through so much you've personally professionally now that you're you're here right now what would you tell little Kamara Lee Perkins in St. Louis if you could from like what piece of advice would you give her um it gets better as you go on you are not ugly they are ugly. They are ugly. That's why they call you ugly. They feel ugly. It's not you. You are beautiful. Different is in. You just watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will capitalize on being different. Wow. Being weird, being different, looking different. That's okay. Black is beautiful. Brown is beautiful. Every yeah. shade, whatever they've ever called you is beautiful. Chinky, yellow, all those things. It is beautiful and you will be okay. And there's so much more on the other side and you will see that and you will show other people the same. Cause those are the type of things when I was little, it was like, Oh my gosh, I probably feel ugly duckling. I look weird. My eyes are like this. My hair is different. And you don't have to worry about any of those things. And now of course we're getting a little better nowadays. Kids are mixed. You know, we have all colors running around. (laughs) I love it. Like my family alone is like the UN. Yeah. so we're working on it and we're getting there better with our confidences and our, our self-assuredness. But coming up, when I was coming up in St. Louis, Missouri, no one looked like that. There wasn't a bunch of kids that looked like me. And being wow. raised by a single mom, she's a 100% no, She's fabulous. Woo! And explained to someone where she got her black kids. So it was like, come <laughs> on. It was a lot of difference. And to come up through that, I would definitely have told little Kimura all those things. But at least I made it. She's still here. And that's the whole point. Every day they say is to address that younger person, address that little girl in yourself, because only when you address her or him properly is when you'll be able to take little steps forward in your current life is by just answering some of the, giving a little hug when it's needed. Cause we didn't always do that for ourselves at three or five or 10 or 15. We didn't do that. Yeah. We didn't have I, I cannot believe we are coming to the end of our conversation, but something that well, we can do I, it another time or we can talk about other topics yes. or all the time. This, this, do it this again. won't be the last, but you know, right. I, I have to ask you something we always ask our guests and I know you have like a million, but what is one of your favorite fashion moments of all time? It could be personal, professional, both something you witnessed, but just a time where it was just so magical. And you were like, this is fashion. This is it. Like you get a little, oh my gosh. I, 
I don't you, know. I know you go to the south of France. Like, was it a Met Gala? Was it like? I mean, I've done the Met Galas. I've done the south of France. It. I just got back from the south of France two weeks ago. Were the girls like? I know Aoki went down the runway. Like, was there a moment where you're like? I mean, I definitely will say lately that it's been a, you know, she's had a few turns on the runway, about three or four. And I will say that has, you know, made me tear up (laughs) in terms of fashion, my baby being on the runway and a lot of babies. babies Ming is doing her thing. Yes. Campaigns. I I remember the episode on Life in the Fabling when I think it was, it may have been, was it Ming or Aoki? Because I know Aoki was like, oh. Like she was very vocal about what she wanted, but one of them got their hair straightened for the first time. I think it was Ming, and you were just like crying. You're like, my baby Ming, oh my god! Like, <laughs> I know. And to this day, I'm like, don't do that to your hair. Don't yeah. burn it. And Ming's hair is so long and beautiful because of that. Wild. I let them do it, but don't burn it off. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kamora. Thank you, you're so amazing. Much. Will you send it's- your information to Brandon so that I can absolutely, send okay. absolutely. And where and where can people go again to to get in touch with you to learn more? So about I'm on Instagram. Fat. My IG is uh, what is it? Kamora Lee Simmons. I yes, think. it is. Kamora Lee Simmons. Baby Fat is has an Instagram too at babyfat babyfat.com um maybe there's a yeah. beauty line as yeah. well which Baby is phenomenal so we're out you know we we out here we're here <laughs> i love people it thank you find so me, though, always people know how to find me that's never been a problem i built right. my whole life my whole audience on people actually being able to find me and that's how come the fact that you can find me is the fact that i'm going to need you to approach respectfully and that's Respect. why people know Kamora might give a little no you did it at any given time <laughs> you know me. that's a difference of two we are, you know, you know us, you know my family, you know my name. Other people, you don't know them. You don't know no, meaning. Of, no. It's like, hey, boy, we don't know who well, it was, Hugh Hefner, but that's not a fashion, you know. You don't know, there's no name, there's no person for you to say, hey, I don't like this, or I want this, or we need this, or that doesn't look like us, or, you know. Right. I'm in touch with people all the time, and they know that. So, And I think it's very comforting for them to be able to have input like that and be able to find you and be able to be feel seen and heard. I think that's so important, too. Thank you so much. I I have one last question because you've ministered to my soul today and I knew it would happen. I knew it would happen, but what keeps you grounded, Kamora? I know you would say prayer Uh, sometimes. You'd be like, Lord Jesus, you'd be praying. Like I do. I think it's just my, it's my kids. I have five kids. I live for my kids. I was very young, 21, two, having Ming, 20, early twenties. I was, I, I love my kids. I do everything for them and not just them, but in our community for young people. They inspire me all the time. They're so funny. They set us straight. We set them straight. I'm like, auntie, I can walk down the street and see a kid. And I like, don't do that, baby. And they'll be like, come on, I said, don't see what she said. Yeah. I'd beat you that she saw you doing that. You know, like we are really a family, really a community. And I think that's what keeps me going. Like the fountain of youth, my community, my tribe. Thank you so much, Kamora. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of a fashion moment. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com 
Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.